Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got Graham. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's up and welcome into the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. It's also a game day edition of the show, of course, since the Saints take on the Bears tonight in Chicago. Hi again, everyone. I'm Daniel Sellerson here from Studio B as Sean Kelly has the day off, we decided to change things up a little bit and bring you a special edition of the show this afternoon to get you ready for tonight's game. But before we get to football, we must talk about the Pelicans, who went 1-1 one one this weekend against two very good teams. On Friday, the Pelicans took down LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers 119-114. LeBron's 41 points weren't enough, and big nights from Tyreek Evans, who had 31, and Ryan Anderson, who had 30, helped the Pelicans get the huge win. Anthony Davis played just six and a half minutes after suffering a chest contusion in the first quarter. He spent the night in the hospital Friday night and did not play last night against the Golden State Warriors. Hopefully he'll be back on Tuesday, but no official word. The Pelicans did not practice today. Speaking of the Warriors, there's not a hotter team in the NBA right now. Last night at the Smoothie King Center, the Pelicans lost a heartbreaker in overtime, 128-122. to The Warriors improved to 21-2 on the season and have won 16 straight games. The Splash Brothers, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, combined for 63 points in the win. For the Pelicans, they dropped back below 500 at 11 and 12. A positive for the Pelicans, though, this was the third straight game the team had two players score 30 or more points. Tyreek Evans had a season-high 34, and Drew Holiday added 30 points as well. After the game, Sean caught up with head coach Monty Williams. We just came up short. They, they hit some timely threes. We had a few miscues on defense but for the most part um, our fourth quarter defense was great third quarter was great uh, to have a chance to win it against the best team in the league um, says a lot about our guys you know obviously when you you know lose Tyreek going down the stretch it took away one ball handler and another score to get to the game but I, I didn't think uh, that cost us I just thought the threes you know, they had 11 threes tonight that's a about three more than you really want to give up. And um, I can't say enough about all the guys who contributed tonight. I mean, Jeff was good off the bench. Dante was great. Um, you know, Drew and Tyreek, I thought, may have played them too much tonight. They were 
thought they were a little spent down the stretch. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. Do you feel like you, your guys ran out of gas a little bit after the effort they put forth? Maybe. I mean, our guys play so hard. Um, I had to get Drew back in the game, I think, at the nine-minute mark in the fourth quarter, and then he played from there on out. That's a lot on him when he's chasing Steph around screens and trying to guard him full court. Do you gain confidence as a team? Even though you lose the game, do yeah. you gain something out of this? I think you can. You know, we know um, this feeling is, is awful, but at the same time, uh, that team's played together for a while now. They've been in a lot of those situations. Our guys are pretty new together in this situation. So I, I th think we're moving in the right direction for sure. And I know our guys feel good about where we're going. In the first four quarters, to get that ball game to a one-possession ball game like that, did your team do it defensively, or was it something in the offense that, you know, no other team had shot it better than 50% against those guys? Yeah, we, we, uh, we were getting to the basket. Um, you know, we missed some threes tonight, but I thought the pace was our, our pace. It wasn't up and down all the time. Sometimes we had to slow it down. And Drew and Tyreek were really good getting to the basket tonight, hitting their mid-range shots as well. And then defensively, like I said, we held them to 22 points in the fourth quarter. That's usually when they go off. Um, unfortunately, they had 17 in that overtime span. So even though the Pelicans lost last night, there were a lot of pauses to take away from this weekend, and the Pelicans are back in action tomorrow night at home against the Utah Jazz. Still plenty of tickets available for that game. You can call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com. All right, let's turn our attention to football. Big game tonight for the Saints, who are looking to keep their playoff hopes alive. The Falcons lost yesterday to the Steelers, drops them to five and nine, and the Panthers won without Cam Newton against the Bucks. And as of today, they lead the NFC South with a record of five, eight, and one. That could change tonight with a Saints win, who could improve to six and eight. And then that leads the Saints into a big game next Sunday in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome against the Atlanta Falcons, which could very well determine the NFC South. So we have a great show for you today to preview tonight's game. John DeShazer, of course, will be on from Chicago. Former Saints lineman Willie Rofe will call in to talk about his College Football Hall of Fame induction that happened last week. And he'll also give his take on tonight's game. And, of course, it's not a Monday without Steve Weish from the NFL Network. He'll be on to talk about the crazy playoff picture in both conferences. So jam-packed show today. Let's get started. We'll kick off today's show with NFL Hall of Famer and former Saints player Willie Rowe. Football fans, travel to Shreveport, Bossier City on Saturday, December 27th and attend the 39th annual Duck Commander Independence Bowl. One of the oldest bowl games in the country, this year's matchup features the Miami Hurricanes taking on the Gamecocks of South Carolina. While in town, enjoy great gaming action, shopping, food, and nightlife. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Our show continues from Studio B as I'm very excited to have our next guest on. He's an 11-time Pro Bowler and spent nine seasons with the Saints, 
He's a Pro Football Hall of Famer and now recently a College Football Hall of Famer. Willie Rofe joins me over the phone. Willie, congratulations and thanks for spending some time with me this afternoon. Thank you very much for having me. No problem, Willie. I'm just looking at some of the facts about the College Football Hall of Fame, and now you are one of 948 people to join the College Football Hall of Fame, and you may think that's a lot, but that's less than two ten-thousandths of one percent of individuals who have played college football. So uh, I think this is a huge honor, and uh, what was your reaction when you found out the news? Wow, wow, I didn't even know that. Um, You know, I I was very ecstatic. I mean, me getting into the College Football Hall of Fame, in some ways, it might be. I don't. I don't know if you, you know harder, but 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 definitely close to as hard. And and going to Louisiana Tech, and um, you know, at the program we had just gone Division One when I got there the year before, and for me to be an All American on a on a five and sixteen, uh, there was an independent. You know, it, it, it just you know looking back on everything that I've achieved, it, it's outstanding. And um, uh, going to New York, staying at the Waldorf Astoria. It was a first-class event, and uh, just being around all those coaches, my college coaches, and some of my teammates, and um, the people, the, the class I went in with. You know, if you talk about the class I went in with, Damian Thomason, Wesley Walls, who I played with the Saints with, we shouldn't have never let go. Mm-hmm. By the way, um, uh, Tony Baselli, uh, Derek Thomas's mom was there. Uh, it was just a great class. Yeah, absolutely. Dre Bly was in there, too. Just a lot of good college football players. And I, I know you've had a lot of great moments. You did have a lot of great moments at Louisiana Tech. Is there a favorite moment that stuck out to you in your time there in Ruston? Yeah, you know, going to the bowl game was, was, was outstanding for us to go to the For us to go 8-3 uh, and three that second year, um, and we tied Maryland in the bowl game, but we beat uh, a very good Colorado State team that went to the Peach Bowl, and, and uh, we beat them the last game and them tearing down the goalposts. And it was really after we won the quarter system. School was, was out, when, you know, when we had that game. But we won that. We had to win that game to get to the bowl. And, you know, to get the year we went to the Independence Bowl, it wasn't on TV. And our game was so good. It was like 40-something to 40. I forget what the final score. I know we both had in the 40s. But the next year it went back to TV. It was a polling we did an Independence Bowl back then. Yeah. Um, it was it was a wonderful experience to go to that bowl game and to uh, play against Maryland, who had about four or five guys that were going pro off their team. Absolutely. Now, how much um, do you try to get to watch some of the games? I know it's a lot easier now to watch a Louisiana Tech game with all the with the ESPNs and all that. How much do you try to keep in touch with how they're doing now? Uh, oh, I watch a lot. You know, they like you said, they play a lot more on TV. When I when I went down there for the game, they were playing on Fox. And then they just played the um, the game against Marshall. That they played real tough, played them tough, and had a real good chance to to win the win the ball game. And they lost it late in the game uh, uh, to Marshall. But they still they're still going to a bowl game in Dallas. And um, it, it was also wonderful this year. Uh, my my high school, Pomelo High School, won the first state state championship this year that they had won since 1995 against uh, Benton in Arkansas. So. You know, it's been a, it's been a real good year as far as um, uh, my my high school and my college teams uh, having some real good years in uh, in football. Absolutely, sounds like a great year indeed. Um, Willie, before I get to the pros here, I want to talk about college football's changed a little bit as far as the BCS system, and now we have the college football playoff. Do you like the new format that's in place right now? Oh yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I, I like the playoffs. You know, I know I know some people are going to say they want more teams and. And uh, you know to play in it, but uh, 
I, I like I like the I like the playoffs because then you get the top four teams or what you want to say are the top four teams, and you get to play against each other in the bowl game, and then you go to the championship game. So in Dallas, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we'll be down there for the uh, the Hall the College Hall of Fame is bringing us down there for the Sugar Bowl. So I think we're going to be on the field before the Sugar Bowl. I wanted Alabama to be playing for Florida State, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's going to be a good game in, in anyway. But I, I really wanted to see Alabama play Florida State. But I'm intrigued to see Florida State play against Oregon, you know, back-to-back Heisman Trophy guys. And then the, uh, the Alabama game is going to be a real good game also. So uh, I'm looking forward to coming down there, being a part of the Sugar Bowl, and uh, I do like the playoff system. Yeah, should be a fun one indeed. Willie, um do you, as an offensive lineman, do you feel like the offensive linemen are starting to get the credit that they deserve? You guys do all the dirty work in the trenches, and it seems like you know you don't get as much credit as the quarterback, the running back, or the wide receiver. But it seems like now teams are starting to focus on having a great offensive line to protect their quarterback. Do you feel like people now are starting to appreciate a little more what the offensive lineman does for their team? Well, yeah, you can see it. When you see a line that's been together, you know, this, this, this come together and not had a lot of injuries and been playing together for a while – you you see you see how they play well together. They think you know they play consistently. Uh, just you know, I've been watching you know the Cowboys line the way they played this year, and 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 I think most of those guys have played together for 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 a while. And and and, and when, when when some of these lines play together and, and they've been together for for, for a year or two, uh, and they have that confidence going, you you just see you by the end of the year when you look at the numbers they put up with the teams. As far as running and passing the ball, then, you know, if, if a line is playing well, you'll see that the quarterback's putting up good numbers and, you know, the running backs in the third down conversion and, and some of the other little stats. We used to, you know, have a breakdown of all the stats and, and you know, whatever. Toward the end of my career, you know, our, our we, you know, we had a good line, so the coordinator would always say, you would this and this, but you need to get better at these few things. So, you know, when the team's doing well and, and when, when when you have the players doing well, then um, then you, you can see that that line is doing a good job. Now, you played a lot of years in the NFL with the Saints and the Chiefs, uh, 11 Pro Bowls, as I said. Um, what was the key to your longevity? What was what did you do that made you able to stay in the NFL for as long as you did? Well, you know, I, I, at, one, at some point I learned how to be a pro, you know, about, about the – you know, fourth, fifth year in the league, I learned how to, that I had to take care, of, better care of my body. I needed to take care of myself. Obviously, you had to have some luck and and a, and a lot of blessing uh, from above. But uh, I, you know, after the knee, I was blessed to come off the knee injury when I left New Orleans, and I went to Kansas City, which really helped me get on, get off that turf and get on that grass. And uh, you know, it helped me out a lot. And uh, outside, outside of being being just just the uh, the long, you know, being able to play as long as just you know, me learning how to take care of my body. Um, you learn how to fall. You learn how to do certain things when you when when you're playing when you play a while. You learn how to do stuff to kind of conserve your body a little more uh, as you get older. And then, um, you know, when I was younger, I was a little more just you know playing off raw athletic ability and uh, and and just you know just going after it and, and and not really caring. But then when you get older, you have to find little ways to take care of your body and. And you talk to vets. You know, I remember being at the Pro Bowl one year, talking to Mark Tourney, the great tackle from the Cowboys, and getting advice from him. And you know, asked him how he stayed in the league 13, 14 years. And you know, you you go and you listen to guys, and you you get around veteran linemen, 
and you, you see what they do and how they prepare yourself. Going to Kansas City, being around a guy like Will Shields who didn't miss a game for 14 years and watching his work ethic and the way he prepared himself in the offseason, you know, you, you see those type of things and you try to, you know, pick up stuff from guys like when Jim Dombrowski when I came in the league. So you just try to pick up stuff and, and listen to the guys and, and learn from them as you, as you get older in the league. We're talking with Willie Rofe, uh, NFL Pro Football Hall of Famer and newest member of the College Football Hall of Fame. And uh, Willie, I work for the Pelicans as well. And on Friday night, Pelicans had a game in New Orleans. Saints quarterback Drew Brees took his offensive line to the game. They were sitting in a suite. Did your quarterbacks or running backs ever take care of you when you were blocking for them? Did they ever take you out for a nice dinner, or get you a gift? Or, um, did anyone help you out in that matter? Yeah, yeah we, we used to get a gift. I mean, uh, you know, we, we I remember we got. Um, well, we didn't have a basketball team back then in New Orleans, yeah. obviously, but um, that's something real nice. We would get a gift every year. Um, I remember getting a massage chair from one quarterback, and then um, um, you know we we would go. We would have a group dinner in New Orleans every now and then. You you would just meet up. You know, with a lineman would go have dinner. You know, maybe every week, every other week. But sometimes the quarterback would take you out to eat at the end of the year or running back. I remember Ricky Williams bought us. Uh, Bought us watches and some something when I was. I remember he bought us watches when I was in New Orleans when he when he had a good year. Uh, so you know you have you have quarterbacks doing stuff for you, but you also have you know run, running backs if they have a big year, they usually do you know something for the offensive line also. So you know so it, it always feels good when the quarterback uh, you know takes you out and shows his appreciation. And I'm pretty sure Drew will probably get the guys. You know, oh, I remember Tawan told me that. Um, they had they had a trip to choose from last year. It was either a trip for a week to the uh, Bahamas or it was the Dominican Republic. I think, I think Hawaii, Hawaii was a few different places that they got to choose what trip they wanted to go for for a week for them. They had two tickets also and a hotel. So I think Drew Brees looks out for the guys. Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad the people were able to take your view as well when you were blocking for them. Uh, earlier on. Now, uh, Saints have a big game tonight on Monday Night Football against the Chicago Bears, a chance to take the lead in the NFC South. What are your thoughts on the game tonight? What do the Saints have to do to uh, leave Chicago with a win? Well, they got to play consistent. I mean, I mean, in, in, obviously the defense, you know, in, the, the defense up front guys are going to step up if they're going to if they're going to zone or try to help those corners. You know, they're going to have to step up in the front seven and do a good job. The good thing about this is. They went to Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago and played an outstanding game uh, against the Steelers and, and beat a very good Steeler team who beat uh, Atlanta this week mm-hmm. on the road. So, you know, I would like to see that Saints team. You know, I, I don't know what happened against Carolina, but you know, I know I know just at home this year we've been through that too. Um, the year we went to the playoffs in 2000, we were 7-1 on the road, and we just couldn't. Get it done at home consistently. So sometimes you have those type of years, but uh, I know they got to, you know, I know they want to finish up the season strong and, and get a chance to get in the playoffs. And uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, they control their own destiny. I don't know if Carolina, since they won that game, if Carolina has the edge on them. But uh, I, I would just like to see them finish up this year on a good note and if they get a chance to get in the playoffs. Whoever's got, they get a home game. So you, you, you know, you never know what's going to happen when you get to the playoffs. But you just want to get a chance to get in there and get a shot at going as far as you can. But the good thing about it is they get the home playoff game. Absolutely. Good stuff. That's Willie Rofe, NFL Hall of Famer, now College Football Hall of Famer, and, of course, a New Orleans Saints 
Hall of Famer. Willie, Willie, I really enjoyed having you on. Congrats again on another Hall of Fame dunction. And uh, we'll see you, I guess, in January when you come in for the Sugar Bowl. And I'll be down there for the December, the uh, the uh, 21st game, too, for the Saints game. Uh, I think pregame we get our uh, ring, of, ring of Honor rings uh, from, from, from the Saints uh, pregame. So I'll be down there for the Falcon game. I think that'll be a big game, too. Absolutely. That'll be a huge divisional rival game. And uh, I guess we'll see you then next week. Willie, uh, appreciate you really coming on today for us. Thank you for having me. No problem. Our Saints game day edition of the show continues in one minute. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Tuesday, December 16th at 7 p.m. when the Utah Jazz come to town. The first 5,000 fans receive a free Tyreek Evans poster. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30 with music, inflatable games for the kids, appearances by Pierre the Pelican, and a whole lot more. Tickets start as low as $13. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion. It's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. It's Saints game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Our game day edition of the Black and Blue Report continues on this Monday. We just spoke to NFL College and Saints Hall of Famer Willie Rofe, and now it's time to speak to our own Hall of Famer, or at least he's a Hall of Famer in my heart. John DeShazer is on the phone with us from Chicago. J.D., hope all is well with you today, my friend. A full Hall of Famer in my own mind, I guess, but that counts for a little something. There you go. But, uh, everything's great here in Chicago. Okay, good, good. Well, that's uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the weather in Chicago. How could the weather affect tonight's game, not only for the Saints, but for the Bears as well? What's the forecast projected to be like tonight? Well, it's uh, it's always not great in Chicago in the wintertime, and today is no different. Uh, forecast is for low 40s, high 30s. Uh, by game time, uh, 60, 65% chance of, of rain. And also it's supposed to be uh, fairly windy, you know, 10 to 20 miles an hour. So, you know, we heard Coach Sean Payton talk about it earlier this year, earlier this week, excuse me, for the Saints, saying that uh, it might be a reason for the Saints to run the football a little bit more than usual. And maybe maybe the same for the Bears. And if you're talking about, you know, windy, then, you know, certainly you, you're going to have to wait until you have the wind at your back before you're more aggressive in terms of throwing the ball. So that will be interesting to see which way the wind is blowing and who uh, tries to take advantage of it early and, and how they try to take advantage of it. As far as running the ball, uh, the Saints have really given up a ton of yards on the ground the last five games on them. The last five opponents have averaged more than 180 yards rushing and 5.8 yards a carry against the Saints. So the Bears, although, you know, Jay Cutler's the quarterback and, they, and he's got a great arm and they like to throw the football, they might be a little bit more inclined to run it against the Saints uh, tonight to, to see if they can be join the crowd of teams that have, have piled up a bunch of running running yards against them lately. And the Saints might do the same thing against the Bears because the Bears allow about 112, 113 yards a game and, and 4.3 yards per carry. But then again, this, the Bears' pass defense 
is all is, is extremely bad. Uh, they allow you know about 265 yards a game, and you know opposing quarterbacks this year have 30 touchdowns and 11 interceptions against the Bears. So, you know if the if the weather was conducive to it, certainly the Saints would want to throw the ball. We have to see you know how the weather plays tricks tonight. And then again, since Chicago, Soldier Field, so we know the field is going to be a little bit chewed up at the winter time, and, and that grass, that 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 ground gives at Soldier Field, and it gets a little bit messy, and and the Bears are more accustomed to it than most visiting teams, especially teams that aren't in their division. So we have to see how the footing holds up, and we, you know, heard Coach Payton speak earlier this week saying that uh, spikes and chews will be a critical element for the Saints. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out on the weather situation for sure. J.D., when I was talking to, uh, to Willie Rove earlier, we talked about how, or he mentioned in 2000, the Saints went to the playoffs after going 7-1 and one on the road and 2-6 and six at home. Now, this team can't go 7-1 and one on the road, but does it show that teams can still make the playoffs without having success at home? And do you think this is kind of a similar situation for the Saints, this team? Well, absolutely. I mean, Dallas being a, a, a prime example, Dallas Cowboys right now are 7-0 and on the road. And I think they're about three and three and six or something at uh, three and four at home. So yeah, you can get there by by doing it that way. And the Saints, you know, fortunately for them, at five and eight, still have their own destiny in their hands. And we've been saying that for the last month and a half, but it's still true. All they have to do is win to take care of it. And they've shown, you know, actually the last couple of road games, they've been better on the road than they have been at home lately. So. You know, maybe getting away from the Superdome and, and getting on the road and having to balance the elements and and another team, you know, might be might do them some good. Granted, we don't know exactly which team is going to show up for either one of these teams right now. The Saints have been a little bit split personality, and the Bears have been in a free fall, and then they had some internal problems last week. So we don't know exactly what's going to happen with either one of those teams. But you know, right now we know that the Saints have the most to play for. Now the Bears players are playing for jobs and you know, trying not to get fired and all those kinds of things. And that, you know, obviously that's something big to play for. But the flip side is the Saints are playing for, for a playoff berth. They're playing for a division title. They still have a chance to get in. So they're going to have to, you know, be certainly show a little bit more, you know, a little bit more urgency than they showed last week against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, they showed that. It seemed like against the Pittsburgh Steelers two weeks ago. And then, like you mentioned last week, they really didn't show that against Carolina. What was the mood like this week in the locker room and around campus? Did you get a different feel from the Saints team? Well, I mean, these guys, I think it's it's now it's turning to, you know, yeah, they understand the situation, but I think the more they, they think about it, the more they stew over it, the, the more angry they get that they haven't taken care of their business when they've had an opportunity to do so several times this year. And I guess in hindsight, when you look at it, you know, some of the losses don't look as bad as they did at the time because they've been playing some teams that have some pretty good records now that, you, now, now that we look back and stack them up. But, you know, there were opportunities to win those games. You know, the four losses by combined nine points, those really come back to hurt right now because if they win one or two or three of those games, we're talking about the Saints, you know, playing for a playoff game right now instead of, you know, fighting for their lives to win the division title, being a half game behind Carolina right now. So, you know, the, the mood is more that they understand. I mean, you know, they understand, look, they've done, and you, this is paraphrase, paraphrase players, we've done a lot of talking. We hadn't backed it up. we got to back it up if we want to get in the playoffs. It's pretty, it's, it's, it's as simple as that, really. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Um, J.D., um, the Chicago Bears, like you mentioned, a team that's 5-8 and eight and has no shot at the playoffs, but I'm guessing, like you said, they're not just going to lay down tonight 
on a primetime game at home, even without Brandon Marshall, what should we be worried about when it comes to this Bears team? Well, it's going to be uh, Matt Forte, the running back from Tulane, as much as anything. Now, Alshon Jeffrey, obviously, is a really, really good receiver, a great number two receiver, and now he slides up to number one for the Bears. He had more than 200 receiving yards against the Saints last year. But Matt Forte, in a game like this, especially if the elements kind of deteriorate a little bit, he already has 86 catches for 700-plus yards and three touchdowns. He's already run for 850-plus yards on 200-and-some-odd carries. So the you know, Matt Forte, the kid from Tulane, is really, really going to be prominent. And, you know, add in the fact that the Saints have not played the run very well these last five games. So you would think that the Bears might be more inclined to lean to the running game as the Saints might be more inclined to lean to the running game tonight. So there's a guy to watch out for for the Saints. You always have to want, you want to make a team one-dimensional. You want to see if you can take away the ground game. That means taking away Forte. The only problem is Forte is a three-down back. He plays every down. He can play in the running game, and he, he's a decent pass protector, and he's a guy who's a great target out of the backfield. So he's the one you have to be cognizant of if you're the Saints. Let's go on the Saints side here. They couldn't really get anything going offensively, and they couldn't stop anyone defensively last weekend against Carolina, as we mentioned. What do the Saints have to focus on to leave Chicago with a win? Well, I think they, I think they, I think Coach Payton wasn't blowing smoke. I think they want to run the ball a little bit more. They didn't get a chance to run it much against Carolina because the game got out of hand so fast, and they had so few offensive snaps. But you know, Mark Ivory is a guy who could play a big factor in this game. He's already run for 810 yards, and that's the most for Saints running back since Deuce McAllister ran for more than a thousand back in 2006. So Mark's got an outside chance to get to a thousand. I think they'll lean on him a little bit, see if they can get that production out of him. And also, I think Jimmy Graham should play a, a nice factor. One, the Bears' defense isn't very good. And two, Jimmy Graham has been limited the last couple of weeks. Is giving the Saints an opportunity to look at the film, see what teams are trying to do against them, see how they're taking them away, and, and, and playing some different ways to get him more involved because he hadn't been very involved the last couple of weeks. And in a game like this where the weather could wreak havoc a little bit and you can't make the really long throw, a big target like Jimmy Graham could come in handy for the Saints. That's John DeShazer, senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com. Make sure you look out for his game day work on the website and the mobile app, and you can also follow him on Twitter at John DeShazer. He'll be tweeting all night long from Chicago. J.D., stay warm up there and bring back a win with you tonight. Will do, my friend. All right, that's John DeShazer. When we come back, we'll talk some more football with Steve Weish from the NFL Network. At the Auctioneer Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. 
Hi, it's Mark Romig. When I'm not announcing touchdown Saints, I'm listening to the Black and Blue Report. It's Monday, and it's always great to start off the week with our next guest. He's Steve Weiss from the NFL Network. Uh, Steve, always a pleasure having you on, my friend. Always a pleasure being on. Good. Steve, uh, I'm trying to wrap my head around the NFC playoff race. The Packers went from the number one seed to the number six seed. The Eagles went from a three seed to out of the playoff picture as of now. And the Niners were eliminated with a 7-7 seven and seven record, but the Falcons are still alive at 5-9. and nine. What, what do you make of this NFC playoff picture right now? Well, it's great. I mean, this is, you know, even if you look at the AFC playoff picture, you might have a couple 11-win teams not get in. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of the haves and the have-nots this season. And, you know, you've seen a lot of these teams stack up wins. What's interesting is you look at a couple teams right now. Like, let's say you look at Dallas. They're leading the, the NFC East, but they, they lose another game. They're in trouble. If Philadelphia wins, you know, they could be out of it. Green Bay as strong of a team as it looks to be, it could be out of it. I mean, that game against Detroit in Week 17 is huge. Mm -hmm. Now, I think both of those teams will get in. One's a wild card, one's a division winner. But then you've got Arizona and Seattle. You know, Seattle plays Arizona this week. If Seattle beats Arizona and wins the final game, Seattle wins. Arizona already clinched a a spot. They'd be the wild card. They've got the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Dallas Cowboys. So the Cowboys pretty much have to win the division to get in. So I think it's absolutely exciting. It goes to show, you know, what December football and these divisional games are going to end up meaning. And I love the fact that we're coming down the stretch with so much on the line. And in the NFC South, I mean, my goodness, Carolina, how about that fact? The tie may be what comes out to help them because if they finish with the same amount of wins as another team, as another team like Atlanta or New Orleans, They'll have one fewer loss because of the tie, and that will get them the division championship. And then a team like Seattle or Arizona could be traveling all the way across the country to play, the, you know, Carolina or New Orleans or whomever, but Carolina, you know, in a home game. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy right now, and I'm glad you brought up the Packers because I think everyone was talking about how the Packers were the team to beat in the NFC, but I think uh, they haven't been playing well. They struggled in the second half against Atlanta and um, then uh, lost in Buffalo yesterday. Uh, is Seattle now that maybe the team to beat in the NFC, or is it just too hard to tell just because of all these scenarios still in play? Well, you've, you've got to grind through some games. I mean, I, I do think Seattle's a team to beat because right now, again, if they beat Arizona this week, they look like they're in a great situation to get home field. And if it has to go through Seattle, and that's tough. Uh, but let's not discount Green Bay. That game against Atlanta, Julio Jones went off in the second half. The Packers really backed off a lot on defense. I don't know what they were doing, but they got away from what they were doing. You know, don't let's not forget that they got out to this that incredible first half lead. Mm-hmm. That, so I'm going to throw that that type of game away. Um, but Buffalo is a tough out, man. I, I had a bad feeling for the Packers going up to Buffalo. That defense where they get pressure with their front four and they can drop seven. That's a headache. They just you know they just don't have much offense. And you saw that. You know, their, their points yesterday came on a return for the most part. They're, they're touchdowns. So um, I still think Green Bay and San Francisco are, are teams to be feared. I feel very bad for Arizona because that's an excellent team. But now that they're down to, uh, you know, Ryan Lindley is their quarterback, that's going to be tough sledding. Maybe they're not going to go out easy, but it's just going to be very, very tough um, for them to make a lot of hay in the playoffs with, with that situation at quarterback. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. For sure. Of course, everyone was dying to see how Johnny Manziel would look in his first start with the Browns, and unfortunately for him, 
it didn't go very well. Were you surprised with how much he struggled in his first game? I tell you what, he wasn't a deer in the headlights. He was a, he was a deer on that grill of your car. <laughs> I mean, he he got he was terrible. Uh, their defense was terrible. Um, I think this is an incredible wake up call for him. Like you know, I can't just show up and play and, and create things on my own. Um, that was just something I've, I've rarely seen a guy not be able to recover from mistakes or a bad patch. But it was all downhill for him. I think it'll be better moving forward. But I think the real story coming out of this is how badly did the Cincinnati Bengals want to just make his life miserable? Mm-hmm. I've never seen a guy with such a bad target, the money signs, you know, all that stuff. You know, look, a lot of people thought he disrespected the game, the way he's out hanging out and, and partying and things like that and, and really lapping up the Instagram photos where a lot of other guys kind of handle their business the right way. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals aren't the only team that are going to kind of look at him like, what you did is not how, how you handle your business in this league, son. So I, I think, again, this was a very, very rude wake-up call for him. I'm just kind of wondering what the other 52 guys in the locker room are thinking about the rest of their season right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up like the target on your back. So with that target being on his back from now on, um, is it too early, though, after it's only one game? Should Browns fans be concerned, or should they give it a little bit more time, be a little patient with him? Well, they've got to give him time. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, or guys who failed. And I mean, you're you're putting him in a game against one of the best defenses and the division leader. So odds were that he wasn't going to win the game anyway. But it was a, such a colossal disaster. Um, I think that's why all of our ears are perked up. Um, but we'll see. I mean, you you have to give him some time to bounce back. If he comes back next week and he plays, uh, I forgive you, plays. They have a tough game and he stinks it up. That week, then you got to be like, okay, now what do we do? You know, what do we have here? Um, I, either way, I think Cleveland, because I, I believe they're probably going to lose Brian Hoyer, you know, to someone in free agency for not big money. They've got to go out and find at least a veteran quarterback to, to safeguard things. Yeah, absolutely. I want to stick with the, that North division. As of now, three teams in that division would be going to the playoffs. Do you see that happening two weeks from now? Do you see Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Baltimore all getting in? I do just because the other teams that are still in play, be it San Diego, uh, Buffalo, um, you know, some of those teams have a, have a much tougher road to get there. I mean, San Diego's schedule is very tough. They've got six losses. Buffalo's got uh, six losses. What's interesting is the way things play out, Cincinnati, which leads the division now, could be the odd team out. Oh, wow. They've got a, they've got a brutal schedule. They play Pittsburgh, and if Pittsburgh beats them, um, and then Pittsburgh, you know, wins its final two. You look at the Bengals' schedule, they lose their final two. They're out. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an interesting scenario looking at schedules and, and actually probabilities. You know, Cincinnati's going to have to play two of its best games of the season just to stay in the hunt. Crazy. This is going to be an exciting uh, two weeks, but we still have one more game to go tonight, Saints and Bears. Um, I'm not going to ask you for a prediction. We're on a Saints podcast here. That would be a little unfair but I do want to hear some keys for you tonight. The Saints are going to come away with a win in Chicago. Well, for the Saints to come away with a win, I mean, they just they didn't score early. You know, get a couple early drives, get that defense, that, that kind of broken down defense on its heels, and, and force Jay Cutler to throw the ball. Don't let Chicago be balanced where Forte and those swing passes and those runs. Because I mean, he's a tough matchup for the Saints, a very tough matchup. He's kind of my X factor. Um you know, I'm a little worried. I, this is one of those games where you can just see Jay Cutler, even without Brandon Marshall, having a big game because the Saints have been so vulnerable to the explosive play. Um, but for the Saints to win, get that early lead, 
then to start running the ball, kind of their, their old theory right there. Because if you get in a situation where Jay Cutler is going to throw the ball, he's going to give that defense opportunities to make plays, you know, or, or to get sacked. So I, I think that's going to be hugely, hugely important in, uh, in these outdoor elements. Absolutely. That's good stuff there from Steve Weiss, as always, from the NFL Network. Steve, thanks for coming on and enjoy the game tonight and uh, enjoy the rest of the, the season. This is going to be a fun one the last two weeks. Great. Thanks for having me on. Yep. When we come back, I'll wrap up this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. What a show today. Had a lot of fun previewing tonight's game. For a full preview, keep it locked on NewOrleansaints.com and the mobile app with John DeShazer, who will have some written and video reports from Chicago. And then, of course, Sean Kelly will have a full recap tomorrow on the show. We'll be back for our normal time tomorrow as we hope to be talking about a Saints win. And we'll also preview tomorrow's Pelicans and Jazz game from our Smoothie King Center studios. A big thanks to John DeShazer, Willie Rope, and Steve Weish, and that'll do it for today's show. I'm Daniel Salerson. Enjoy the game tonight, and go Saints. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.